0: We are living in a moment of history that perhaps years from now, a generation from now, they might be reading about what was written about this week in history.
1: War really changes lives, you know, it separates people. But at the same time, sometimes those separation causes people to draw near to their creator.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host Dave Mays and today is a special emergency episode due to what's happening in Ukraine. One of my best friends, Brock Gill, is a magician and owner of a nonprofit that for the last three years has been doing humanitarian work in Ukraine, specifically with a man named Karin. In this episode, we will be speaking to both Brock and Karin about what is going on in Ukraine and hearing the first hand accounts from Karin himself. I know this isn't our typical type of episode, but I feel that this is the type of information that just needs to be shared. So without any further ado, let's listen into my conversation with Brock Gill. And Karin, and thank you all for listening to this episode of the Golden Hour podcast. You are in Moldova now, is that correct?
1: Yes, I'm currently in Moldova. Yeah, neighboring country to Ukraine.
2: This is just a crazy time right now in Ukraine. I just want to hear your story about how you guys met and what's currently going on. Caught in, we want to hear your story. Uh,
0: you know, we were doing shows in Ukraine and uh, a few years ago, and uh, Karin was our Interpreter and host, and uh, we worked alongside him in many different ways at the universities that we were performing at, and the uh, in the town square. We had, you know, a big show, a couple of thousand people come. Uh, uh, he helped put all of that together and facilitated a lot. Uh, we just connected with him really well and stayed in touch. And uh, later, just felt like we needed to kind of partner and be like a, like almost like a team where. We could help facilitate the ongoing work that he's doing there in Ukraine with orphans, with the poor people that live in villages. And so, what we started doing was um, trying to find ways to fund some efforts where he would take food packages into villages and feed the the widows and and the really poor people in those uh, remote villages all around Ukraine. Well that relationship grew and grew. And, um, uh, just a few weeks ago, or I guess it was in December, we started realizing that there was something not feeling right with this Russian, uh, uh situation. And, um, uh, we, you know, we were praying and we were listening and we were watching and, uh, I guess it was about eight uh, days ago. Um, uh, well, maybe 10 days ago we were, we were in the final hours of, of preparation. And, uh, uh, I remember. I think it was. I forget which night it was. Now, but uh, I I texted Karin and said, "Go now, run!" <laughs> and uh, he had already filled up his tank, which uh, proved to be a very very smart thing. Uh, he was living in Odessa, and he took his family. Of uh, I'll let him tell this part with details, but he took his family and ran to the border and got out of Ukraine within one hour. Within one hour of of the border closing as the Russians were invading. And so I'll let him tell the details and how crazy the things he saw along the way. But, but that's, that's kind of uh, a little bit of how we met in our history. And we've just, we have an ongoing relationship as a part of my nonprofit uh, called Broadgill Creative to help facilitate and fuel the work that he does in Eastern Europe.
2: Karin. Amazing story, yeah. I it's it's just crazy to see what's going on over there with the news. But you're actually there. You're experiencing it, and you're seeing the people that are needing to get out. You're facilitating people. You're you're putting them in uh, homes. You're feeding them, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Tell me what's going on from yeah. your from well, your experience. It's, it's
1: a it's a real war. it's a real war. It was an attack um, from Russia, and uh, you know even though they were lying to the whole world. Uh, for the last few years that they will never have, they will never attack Ukraine. They don't, they have no intentions to do so. But everybody kind of knew, especially in the last few months, that it was not coincident that they are gathering so many troops and so many military around our borders. And basically, you know, they were saying that they're just, this, this is just an exercise, but you don't bring 150,000 troops and all kinds of weaponry to borders and surround one nation if you want to do just simple exercise. You know, I mean, that's that cost a lot to do that. So, I mean, you're doing you got going to do that if you're planning to attack and which they did on the morning, early morning, five o'clock in the morning. Sounds familiar. Something like that happened in 1941 when Hitler attacked Soviet Union early in the morning, four o'clock in the morning of June 22nd without any warning. So without any warning, I mean, we could see the signs i mean there were warning signs and f- red flags that were kind of flashing and saying that something going to happen something about to happen but of course majority of people in ukraine they were still hoping till the last minute that it's not going to happen that it's just a you know that just america and russia you know just playing who's stronger just uh, you know playing with their muscle, muscles and showing off and just threatening each other but uh, i guess putin wasn't just playing this time he he did it and uh, on five o'clock in the morning, we heard the bombing near near my apartment complex. Uh, it was like, boom, 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 boom. And I woke up and my wife woke up and, uh, and we realized that it wasn't just the fireworks, but it was something different. And then it repeated again, boom, boom, boom. And uh, by God's grace, we managed to pack. We have four children. So, and, uh, you know, I mean, those who know, who have more than one child knows that, to packing up kids, it takes some time, you know, but we were able to do it in 40 minutes, just throw an emergency closing that we would need documents, grab our documents, our passports, And an hour after that, we were on our way to, to the border to Republic of Moldova, which is a neighboring nation and only 50 miles away from Odessa, the border. So we drove before it started chaos and panicking because if I would have stayed there an hour later, you know, it would have been hard to leave. You know, so uh, and then the martial law was implemented in our country. And for men from 18 to 60, it's even harder to leave. If you don't have three children, mi- minor age, uh, then 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 it's OK. They let you go. So uh and uh, since we left, you know, Russia attacked from um, every direction, from the north, from the east, from the south. The the battles are going on. It's really hot there. It's really um a lot of devastation, you know, and I mean, I don't want to focus on talking about all this negative stuff, but, you know, the consequences of war, it's always uh, death, sorrow, pain, sufferings, and scattered people uh, who don't who don't know what to do, where to run for their lives, for their families, for their children. So, and that's why uh, we relocated in Moldova and immediately we organized the uh, volunteers headquartered for refugees from Ukraine on the basis of uh, one of our uh, local evangelical churches who's uh, pastor of that church is a very dear friend of mine. And uh, so, uh, and so we, what we're doing is we, we're facilitating every day from 50 to 70 refugees only in this building and then plus hundreds in the different, different other locations around Moldova and Kishina, which is the capital of Moldova. We're providing them food and some necessary things for those who are staying longer in Moldova, all the necessities for the, you know, for a couple of weeks to survive. And then, but most of the people they're transiting Moldova and going further to Europe to Western nations like Germany, Austria, and uh, etc. So, um, and what we're we hearing from Ukraine that um, our army is standing strong. Our army is defending because Russians were thinking that they will take the whole country in two days, but uh, it turned out that it's not so. It's been already eight day of war, and uh, they haven't been successful for them. They lost a lot, a lot, a lot of casualties, a lot of people, and they haven't taken any major big cities yet, but they're, the fight is going there real, real, I mean, like a real war, like you would see in the movies with all the buildings c- collapsing, they're, they're s- shooting missiles into residential areas, but in Russia, they're reporting that they're not shooting residential or civil, uh, areas, uh, civil buildings, but they're doing that and, uh. Uh, a lot of innocent people of course children and women and and men and elderly people are dying under the collapse of those buildings uh i, I should probably also
0: jump in and say a, another guy that we're really really close to and just really adore one of my favorite people he's just he's just he's a strong man and we call him z he's a big dude and he works um uh, he performs as a strong man and and just loves people and uh he's a part of the the network, the, the team that, that Karen has there. And we did a, a show with him in Odessa and just were absolutely amazed at what at, at the, the, the feats of strength that he does. He's currently hiding in a basement. He's been there. This is, I think day eight he's been hiding. Um, we've told him do not leave, even though he wants to leave. He's a big guy. He could go rip, rip necks off of people. He's, he's just huge. But he's hiding um, because we know that if he's discovered, they're going to think he's like special forces, you know, soldier, but he's currently hiding and it, and is, is surrounded by the Russian forces. Like it is a critical, critical situation. We are praying for him uh, every day. We are so worried about him and his family as they're hiding in the basement with his seven-year-old and four-year-old boys.
1: He's stuck in his town, which is in the north, close to the border of Russia. And he's still there hiding with his two children and his wife in a basement. And uh, I just received a shirt message from him about 30 minutes ago. Shirt, one sentence. Karen, it's very bad here. I mean, that means that there, there's a battle on the streets of his town right now. So oh, that's um, that's the thing. But in the midst of all that, in the midst of all that, we're also hearing some reports of miracles, of some great testimonies, like uh, one of our um, one of our brothers from our church. He's an officer in Ukrainian mi- military, and he, uh, he he shared with us this testimony that he's he and his men were sitting in hiding and looking out for Russians for Russian marines to land on the shore, and at that very moment, he started to pray. And he felt that he needs to take his men and leave that spot where they were sitting in hiding. As soon as they did it, they shot the bombs on that very spot. Just just a just couple minutes after that, they missed and, and it was miracle. Uh, also, uh, the remaining, the remainings of our, those that's still in Odessa, in our church in Odessa, there's still a, a team that uh, remaining there, they couldn't leave. They praying that God would send the sea, uh, sea storms because our city is located on the Black Sea. And it's for the last three days, it's been so stormy on on the Black Sea that uh, Russian ships, military ships, cannot do the landing of their Marines on our shores. So uh, it's, 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 you know, we hear, and I hear all these stories every day coming and coming. And so, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a sad situation, but same time, we as uh, ministers, we as people who can bring comfort and some encouragement to those people who are lost, who are discouraged. Some of them are in depression. You know, yesterday I was consulting and a lot of people and all you just need to do is just listen to them. Listen, listen, because, uh, you know, that's the best thing for now for these people is to listen to their pain and, uh, and, of course, give them a solution. So.
2: And you're currently, there's a lot of refugees coming in to Moldova and like you said, surrounding areas. What are you seeing with that in terms of just people flooding in? Are, are you housing people into other people's homes or are people taking in refugees?
1: Yeah, yeah. Praise God that, uh, uh, you know, Moldavian, Moldavian people, they stood out for Ukraine and uh, we, we, we were not expecting that so many people would respond. and. And would like to, you know, help and, and and offer their homes, their apartments, their facilities to host the refugees. Same thing in Poland. Those three nations that we neighbor with, Moldova, Romania, and Poland. I mean, this situation really revealed who is who. And who is a true neighbor when it comes to, when difficult time comes. Who is really out there, you know, to open their arm, arms and, and receive you and give you all kinds of help. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we, uh, we're trying to host. I mean, but uh, we're running out of the options, that's for sure. because. Moldova is a small country, <clears throat> so um, it's really a limited, you know, r- limited amount of space and places where we can host people because they're coming by thousands now, and especially since they started now actively, uh, you know, shooting and shelling in around Odessa, more people start fleeing. Like ye- yesterday, it was the pick of the uh, refugees, and um, it was okay. one of those days when you like. You wish you would never go through this day ever in your life. That was that was the day yesterday.
2: It just it feels so, like yeah. I was just gonna say it just feels like we're living in a history, st- like in in history already. Like this is unfathomable in the modern age that something like this is happening. This is Cold War, World War Two type stuff. I mean, what are you feeling with all this right now?
1: Well, it's I'm feeling that um, I'm feeling that we will win. Ukraine will win at the end. You know, I'm feeling that uh, Russia's regime and Belarusians' regime they will they will break on Ukraine. Ukraine it's like a stumbling rock, stumbling stone for them, and it's gonna and they're gonna get crushed because already within the Russia, uh, with the new sanctions that U.S. and European Union applied after the attack on ukraine right now russia's economy is going down the hill they're suffering so bad they're losing billions of money everything stopped people are st- lining up at the cash machines to withdraw cash and there's no cash already in those in those atms and the banks and, and so they're there i have a friend who lives in moscow and he sent a short message yesterday he said it's it's crazy what's going on here too i mean there's no uh, war. There's no bomb bomb explosions, but uh there's another thing: economy is going down, and so we are believing and hoping that this will finally cause and open the eyes of the Russian people to realize that they're living under evil regime of Mr. Putin, and finally maybe they will stand up like the Ukraine did eight years ago, and like we stood up against the regime we had eight years ago on our revolution on Maidan, and finally that Russians Russians will also stand up and say that's enough is enough and so let's stop this guy and let's you know let's deal with this we don't want to live in a country like that so but unfortunately a lot of russians are blinded by the propaganda you know and um, they they think that they came that their that their army their army came to liberate us from nazis and fascists that's how that's what their propaganda was feeding russian uh, population is that ukraine on the oppression of the fascists and coming to set to liberate, you know, the brotherly nation, Slavic nation of Ukraine. That's what they truly and honestly believe. That's what they're doing. They're helping us. You know, that's, you know, sort of speaking. So
0: Karin, here's what here's here's what's happening right now. And this is where I want you to give us kind of a a plan. We've seen a lot of donations come in uh, this week because it's very exciting. There's a lot going on. The news is highlighting the problem and everybody wants to do something right now. And we are funneling money to you to help uh, make sure that refugees have a bed and get fed and like, like work that's happening right now. Like we're we're funneling that money to you to put it to work right away. But what we fear is, uh, and I want you to speak to this, you know, donations are coming in today, but three months from now or six months from now, that work will be ongoing and the need will still be there because this isn't a one week thing this isn't like oh we're going to go back to normal in a couple of weeks like this is a serious problem this is a humanitarian problem that's going to last for a long time these are people that have left homes left jobs left cars behind let you know everything They left everything to cross the border in an emergency without even being able to bring luggage they have to start over in a new country Sometimes they don't even speak the language in the new country, and this is a serious problem. How can we help long-term uh, solve some of this uh, problem and and really change people's lives more than just this week? But how can we help you uh, and your you know your network there long-term?
1: I think that one of the th- major things that would be needed is uh you know people who can also minister to these people because uh you know i as i mentioned i see that uh a lot of organizations a lot of uh, humanitarian organization and governments of european countries are standing out and and funding and sending them support and providing food and etc but what it would be lacking is is that is that very thing of how to reach these people you know how to uh you know minister to their hearts and and that's where we would need a volunteers who are trained uh, to, because, you know, I mean, you can give them a food package one, two times. You can give them clothing but still inside, they will be broken and they would have, have no idea what to do, how to leave. They won't see any purpose. I mean, it is frustration and discouragement. And that's why I think the major emphasis for us should be in long term is to create a platform or to create a team of people train people who can minister to those people, not only psychologically, but also spiritually, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, bringing life and hope and comfort. And uh, because um, sometimes a few words, a few sentences of hope, I can really do much more, you know, uh, give, bring a much more blessing than, uh, than any aid, honestly. So, and of course, uh, of course, the resources would be needed as well for that and, and, and as, as well as for, you know, continue to uh, help those that are in really desperate situation, you know, like those who would need uh, food and, uh, and other stuff. But because a lot of the refugees are escaping to Europe, you know, European Union has pretty, you know, set up pretty good uh, uh, package of aid for those people, for those refugees, so I don't think they're going to starve or be without closing, but they will be starving inside without you know message of hope you know without without qualified people who can come and minister to them not just lecture them but minister to their heart to their soul and I think this is what what I really want to focus on you know because there's only uh, you limited in how many people you can feed and close, you know you you can do it it's it's 10 tens of thousands of people, it's 100,000 people. I think right now, uh, approximately 250 to 300,000 Ukrainians are already gone, left the country. So um, that's why, uh, and of course, we won't be able to help all of them, but definitely we will help some. But I think if we can reach them with a message of hope that will bring comfort and give them you know, strength inside to not give up and not to, uh, you know, be there alone and discouraged and in depression so that that's that i think would be a great thing but for that we need a team of course we need to equip the team to do that yeah well one of the
0: one of the things i want to speak to is, is what you're saying right now is the fact that there is a humanitarian need and also a emotional and spiritual need that people have that uh the you know right now the the there's a transition where they're going from one country to an, another, and you're helping feed them and getting them, you know, clothed and that sort of thing, like like in the immediate. But eventually, they're going to be in a country where the government or others will kind of help get them going. But the what will remain is the is that need that the government can't necessarily fill. There's people that are dealing with PTSD; they've been snatched out of their country. And you imagine a. A, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, a young teenage or a you know an eight year old boy or a thirteen year old girl who doesn't understand all of this, and there's a lot of questions they're going to have that just simply can't be answered. We need real people that can help, love these people like on the ground, like kind of kind of boots on the ground for that purpose, and that's where um, we're behind you, uh, Karin, and your. Uh, the, the team that you assemble in uh, in today Moldova, but it looks like it's going to be spread into other neighboring yes. countries.
1: Yes, because I'm receiving phone calls every day from my friends in Romania uh, because the thousands and thousands of Ukrainians now stuck in Romania. They they went there uh, because a lot of people, you know, they wanted to leave Moldova as soon as possible because if if and I don't want to say that, but but the worst in the worst scenario, if our army will not prevail. for for russians to it's their plan to take moldova too because you know moldova is not in nato moldova was borders with the former soviet union and it was part of soviet union and putin intends to rebuild the former borders so a lot of people fleeing to romania because romania is part of nato and then then, you know if he attacks romania he takes the whole nato uh aliens so that's why a lot of people end up being in and calls me and he says karen they don't speak Romanian. They don't speak English. Unfortunately, a lot of Ukrainians they don't speak English. Most, I would say, and uh, they only speak Russian and Ukrainian. Instead, and we need people here who speak Russian and Romanian or Russian and English who can help to minister, to reach them, to gather them. So that's why I am really considering to uh, go moving there and uh, you know, and and doing this this kind of work, this work that will bring some healing to their emotions in. In the places where they're now gathered, so yeah.
2: Have you seen or experienced any uh, anything or any stories that you could share about um, you personally ministering to to people?
1: Yeah, we, yeah, we were just you know we were ministering to people here yesterday and the day before, and y- you know um, I think the greatest miracle that I could witness right now is that uh, when you share with them the message of hope, when you tell them the simple words of Jesus, when he says that all who are burdened and weary, come to me and you will find the rest for your souls. People just start crying. They're breaking tears. And then it's just like, and for me, this is the greatest miracle when you can see how the, how the power that has the, that, can, that contains the word of God can heal their soul, can bring hope, can restore, can put, put the smile back on their face. I think this is the greatest miracle that we can experience, you know. And uh, we even had a one one lady, she's maybe in her late 30s. She was here with her uh, husband, who is Israeli. And uh, they stayed for one day at our temporary refugee camp here. And, uh, and then he left. He left, he flew back to Israel, but she stayed. And I asked her, why did you stay? Well, she said, well, first of all, she couldn't leave because she doesn't have a passport. And Israel doesn't receive without documents. And uh, and she said, well, I just saw so you guys doing this kind of work here. I decided to stay in Moldova since I can't go anywhere else. And I decided to just dedicate my whole time to volunteer and help you here at the headquarters. You know, and, uh, and she was not Christian. So, you know, we prayed for her. We led her to the Lord. And now she's a born-again Christian doing the, you know, helping other volunteers. So this has just happened in the last two days. So so we're expecting more miracles like that. War war really changes lives, you know. It separates people. But at the same time, sometimes those separation causes people to draw near to their creator.
2: So thank you, Karin, for sharing these amazing stories. Obviously, if, if somebody's watching or listening to this and they happen to be bilingual and, and can get out there um, to help, of course, that would be awesome. But a lot of us um, just feel a little helpless because we can't get over there. We, we don't speak the languages. What are some things that the people in America, people in other uh, Western countries, um, what are some things that we can do to help uh, right now?
1: keep praying that the ukrainian army will prevail and uh, that our we won't we won't lose our our you know independence that we
2: will we will
1: not become one of the russias uh you know banana republics and uh secondly of course i want to encourage all our listeners if you you know yeah, if there's anything you can come up some ideas or maybe creative ideas that you can help I mean, any anything could be useful here. You know, all the resources, money, prayers, I don't know, uh, Samaritan box, whatever, it's uh, anything. It's it definitely we can use it to, uh, you know, uh, as an open door uh, to bring the message of hope to this desperate people right now. So,
2: so Barack, uh you've been working in the Ukraine for several years and um, obviously right now the need is huge. How can people give towards Karin and what's going on over in Ukraine?
0: Yeah, you're right. We've we've been there for a while, and so our heart is with those people. And uh, we're a small organization, very small, and it also makes us nimble. So we were able to reallocate reallocate some funds and quickly, kind of, kind of uh, rush to the the urgent need. But we know uh, that this is going to be a long-term effort. So money um, that comes in uh, on our website, brockgillcreative.com, that money uh, we're setting aside for the long-term impact for what's happening in in Ukraine, or or more more specifically now uh, beyond the borders of of Ukraine. And um, we've been feeding the poor there for quite some time. And this is not some... Uh, Flash in the pan, like we decided to do this because it was all uh, trendy or exciting. Like we we're invested there, we are invested and love the people there, and we work with people in different parts of the world. But like I said, we're we're a small uh, a a small little organization, and uh, uh, I've been doing this for 25 years. Um, But uh, you know, we're not going anywhere. This is for the long run, like. We hope and our plan is to make a difference in people's lives uh for, for many years to come because we think that the devastation will have a residual effect that will go for a long, long time. So we're we're in it. We're we're in it for a long time.
2: Great. And I maybe maybe we could follow up in a couple of months and see how things are going as well. Um so yeah, everybody go to Brockgillcreative.com. You can support directly there. All the uh, technical details are listed on his site there. And uh, like Brock said, before the war even happened, they've been involved in Ukraine working with Karin. Um, Karin, what a massive, huge honor to have you on the show today and to talk to you and to meet you. I hope to meet you in person. Same wise. I hope to meet you in person someday and um, would love to come shoot a video or do some magic and, and minister and do some cool stuff with you guys.
1: Yeah, looking forward to that definitely after the war we, really, we will have to go back to ukraine and and people would need especially magic shows because that's something that can you know get their mind off the consequences of the war that's for sure
2: 100 we'll be there
1: I was same wise was was honored to uh chat with you and to, with all our listeners we're sending our uh, greetings and blessings and all the best for all of you guys